This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Strong Spas. On the podcast today, we have Kathy Belcourt. Kathy, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay, good. Because that's the ongoing thing with the podcast is that I mispronounce people's names pretty much every time. So, <laughs> no, you did it perfect. Congratulations. So, Thank what you. in the column Thank for you. you? Yes. And so, you work at a store up in Winnipeg, Canada. What's the name of the company you work for? Aquatech Pool Spa and Bath. Okay. And what's your, what's your official title there? So technically showroom manager, I guess, is, is as technical okay. as it gets, but um, I'm kind of like chicken charge of all things wet. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So many places don't have, you know, official titles as it were. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're fairly casual in the structure, but it's interesting, you know, all of the names that different people uh, will give you both within the organization itself, as well as customers. Yeah. And I, I, I much prefer their job titles rather than the actual ones that I have to fill out if I ever go to the bank. You know, I ever go to the sure. bank and I want like a good title. And then other than that, it's like, no, no, no. I want to put what you call me on my business card. That seems way more fun. Like, witch of water who can fix anything. That I, that I prefer. Yeah. Witch of water. That's that's a pretty good one. That's one I haven't heard before. I like it. Uh, but there's a few customers who think that it's kind of magic, the stuff that we can do for their hot tub water. So I like it. Person that we've had a chance to, to meet and to talk. So could you mind telling me a little bit about your background, where you're from and how you got into the industry and all of that good stuff? Oh, for sure. So I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, I started working at Aquatech in 1994. No, okay. that's a lie. Yeah, no, 1994. Yeah. Uh, and it was a summer job. So uh, I was going to university and I was going to forensic sciences and I thought, hey, this is a water testing job. It has to do with science. So, you know, what? why not? It sounds like a really great summer gig. And so I, you know, started testing water and having those kind of meaningful interactions and talking to people and just really realizing that it was more than just the physical act of testing water when you're meeting people. And so I always tell people, what's your job title? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Tell me, call, call me whatever you want to call me, but I sell fun. Like that's what I do for a living is I mm-hmm. sell fun. So when you you're when you're in that kind of environment, when it came to going back to school in the fall, I decided, you know, I, I'd really like to make some more money because it's great money. So mm-hmm. how about I just do some night stuff and get my degree that way, but still work during the day. So I ended up kind of creating my own job because whenever anything needed done, we were a small store at the time. Um, there was two owners. And in the summer, we had two water testers, one service technician, one salesperson. In the fall, I would just come in and say, hey, I'm just going to dust all the fake plants today. I just never said no, right? Whenever anybody had a idea, whatever it was, just sure, why not? Like, I'll go out and I'll sell a pool liner today. How hard can it be? Um, <laughs> just, ne- <laughs> just never say no. It, it slowly evolved. So I ended up getting my you know, criminology degree in the evenings. But then when I really looked at it, I went, would I actually be one of those people who has a quote unquote profession that looks really great on a business card, but is a miserable person because I'm not really loving what I do every day? We have a few you know, clients who are in police services and, and fire rescue and those kinds of you know, 
kinds of jobs who definitely need a hot tub to relax at the end of their crazy days. And when I get to have conversations with them, I'm always thinking, wow, like I could have been working with the segment of the population that you are working with. And I would have been such an unhappy person. One of our police officer clients had said to me once, because we were talking just about stuff. And, and I said, like, how do you deal with having to see the worst in humanity every day. And he said, yeah. yeah, but you know what? You're When you're going through the whole process, you are, are clearly communicated to that you are seeing the very worst 1% of people, that 99% of people are fantastic and you just get to meet the negative 1%. And so it was an interesting conversation. And then I thought about it after and went, wow, I get to meet the 1% best people every day. Mm -hmm. people that really care about their families, they care about self-care, they care about trying to do better and be better and, and just really connect with people in their staycations, in their backyard rooms that they've created. And then I, you know, I think, how lucky am I that I get to meet the best 1%? And boy, is that guy gypped and boy, am I lucky. <laughs> um, well, not only not only does he get to see, you know, the worst 1%, but he also gets to see for the other people when he interacts with them, it's it's at maybe one of the worst points in their lives. You know, maybe they haven't done something wrong, but they're in a horrible situation or something bad has happened to them. And so, you know, you kind of get to see the worst people and the right, best and the worst day in, in their, yeah. on their worst yeah. day yeah right. and it's yeah. so it, it would be a lot of a lot of negative a, a lot of the time for sure but I mean when you picked forensic science as your degree or criminology as your degree what did you envision yourself doing that when you started off well I I was very very interested and believe it or not I'm actually you know a genetic introvert I just uh also really like listening to people and their stories. So you have to be a little extroverted to, to get people to open up. So it's it's like a coping, a retail coping mechanism that I've created over time. But I, I, I pictured myself as really being like a forensic detective, figuring out like who got hurt and why, who was murdered and why, you know, like you watch on TV, but this is like oh, yeah. the 90s. So it's before serial killers were cool, before every woman who drank Chardonnay watched, listened to podcasts about murder. Um, I am raising, was, raising my hand over here. That's, right, that's right. 100% me. Exactly, exactly. So it's like way before it was like super cool. Um, right. But I, I acknowledged in myself as I, you know, started to actually see the world in a bit of a different way that I don't know if I would have actually had the intestinal fortitude that it takes to be the kind of person who doesn't take on that negative weight. And internalize everything. And it, it, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I am so very lucky that I just decided to embrace the place that I was in. And I have really great people that I work with, like both of the owners of Aquatech are amazing people and they've been there since the 70s and um, will continue to be until one day they're not. Um, but they're inspirational leaders, they're frontline guys. Anytime that they've asked me to do something, they've helped me along the way to, to really be self-taught. So water care and chemistry is my passion because it's what I started off doing first. Mm -hmm. And then I segued into, I'm a bit of a girl power kind of gal. So I wanted to be the first ever like woman in service, you know, because I, oh, I thought yeah, that's that great. So it's kind of like a, a male dominated section of our industry, even though I'm not crazy mechanically inclined, I'm crazy stubborn. I feel like that's probably what you really need to be <laughs> successful in service is you just have to be super stubborn. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like 
this pump will not be the best of me. Yeah, I will. Like, I will figure it out if it kills me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I will own it, and and it will be mine. It will bend to my will, um, no matter how many secret curse words come out under the breath. Um, so so it was kind of like one of those goals of you know I I think I can do this, and and they never doubted me and never said no when I would ask to do something either. So it just segued into that kind of thing. So working in the retail store and working in the field of sales. Sales is actually easy when somebody is coming in looking for something that you're passionate about, right? Like, again, all I get to do every day is tell people why they've made the right decision to come say hi and how their life is going to be so much better, but they already know it because they've already come in. You know, like in our industry, um, people know that they want the thing that you are trying to supply them with. You just have to tell them why you're better than the internet or why you're better than that person down the street. It's just making yourself be the best person on the street. For products like ours, there obviously are some distinct differences between brands and everyone kind of has that thing that they hang their hat on that makes them unique and special. But it's, it's, I think it's differences that unless you're a really astute consumer that people in the industry probably can really tell the difference between, but probably the person who just wants a hot tub doesn't know the difference. <laughs> and that's so true. Like that's a thousand percent true. We have our own language, right? And and I hear it every time that we're talking in the showroom to people and, and when somebody is, um, you know, a new member of our team, because this is the time of year where we're doing a lot of new training and induction for seasonal people coming in. You get so excited about learning all of these words that you forget that every customer that you see, whether it's to sell them a container of test strips or brand new hot tub, brand new swimming pool, like whatever price point you're looking to sell them, every word out of your mouth in the back of their head, all that they're saying is, well, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Like, what do I care? Why use all these big words? And we have to remember that, like, what we're trying to communicate is the experience and just know that we're giving them the right product for that experience. Yeah, well, and and the experience is, it's something that, it's such a big word, I feel like, in our, in our culture. Oh, for (laughs) sure. And in sales right now is, you know, it's all about the experience. It's all about the experience. But I think that it still just has not translated to the ground yet and into the field and into the actual sales presentation. I think in our industry in particular, you kind of get stuck in these, um, like you said, the big words and the fancy words. And, you know, these are the things that make us unique, UV and ozone and salt. And, you know, I I think that, I mean, those things are important. And when you are purchasing this product and you have it in your backyard, you should understand at least the basics of how it works so you can care for it. I think people's eyes just glaze over and that's where we lose them a lot of times is when we start to throw around the number of jets and that kind of stuff that ultimately they don't care about. They're, they want right. to know, will it make me happy? Will it make me feel better? And that's the stuff that is so quickly lost when someone's standing in front of you, I think. For sure. And, you know, like in a post-COVID world of things where people are becoming much more insulated and they're staying home more and they're really trying to focus more on making their home a place they want to travel to, if that makes any kind of sense. It's becoming more and more difficult in my head to try to communicate the experience in a touchless way. So I've really just completely embraced like one-on-one everything it's great when we can shut down the building and just you come in and wet test, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I've said it for years that owning a spa is like driving a car. You're not going to buy a car if you don't test drive it first. 
why in the world would you buy a hot tub unless you've gotten wet? I have a t-shirt that says, don't worry, get wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's absolutely the truth. Like, um, and, and then when you're standing in front of your customer and you can just say, well, does that jet hit that spot on your lower back? you know, or I'll whisper to a wife while the husband is in another corner and the jets are all on and you can't hear anything. I'll be like, so you know that little knot in the back of your neck that every time he says something stupid pinches your neck? Does that hit your, are, are you, is it getting rid of the <laughs> husband pinch? Are you good now? Um, it's so amazing that, uh, that, that something so simple uh, we try to make so complicated. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned COVID and that's something obviously that is that we're talking to everybody about right now because it's this whole new weird thing that no one expected to have to deal with in their business and now and now here it is and we're all trying to race to adjust to this kind of new normal um and on the one hand i think what you said is is really kind of the silver lining for us in the industry is that everything that i am reading says that you know, people are going to look to their homes to be their their safe haven now in a way they never have before. Today, I heard someone talking about how, you know, they they're like, oh well, we have it live in this great neighborhood and we don't have a big backyard, but you know, we've got this good park around the around the corner. Well, now they can't even go to the park, and so now yeah. you're really looking to your to your backyard as the place where my backyard needs to be safe and it needs to be uh, a place where I can let my kids go out and run and play and give them those those things to do that. And so all the signs point to the hot swimming pool and hot tub industry is really having kind of a boom coming up here because people are going to be desperate to have more than just grass in their backyard <laughs> for their kids to for their kids to play with. Like at some point they're gonna get bored and you need them to have something else that they can do. <laughs> I'm totally stealing that though. That's the perfect line. More than just grass. Like what, you know, what do you want your summer to be more than just grass? Like what, yes. what do you want, you know, like that is our industry in a nutshell. Your yard is, it's more than just grass. It can be anything that you want it to be. And water unites, water cleanses and purifies and, and it, it does so many things. And we take like all my best ideas happen in the shower or in the spa. And I'm not sure if it's just that like, it's those two places that I'm alone and I can decompress or um, if it's, you know, something magical about water. <laughs> and and I, 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 I tend to think, you know, that that might have, you know, some little fairy sparkles happen in there somewhere because it, it it's more than just grass, you know. And um, we are so very lucky to be at the very crest of like or, or the beginning of the wave like all we have to do is just sit on that paddleboard and just go with the flow and kick to be the first person that gets to the top customers are going to be beating down our doors looking for the right advice the first time and relationships that are going to take them really far into the future because they are at their most stressed right now they are at their most confused at their most tired at their most worried and mm -hmm. we have a great opportunity to take that all away and build a really long lasting relationship to support them into the future. And that yeah. will help us financially. So you're located in Winnipeg, as you said, how has the virus impacted your area? Um, what kind of restrictions has the government put on you? What does that look like for you guys? Oh, it's very interesting. Yeah. So every place is completely different, right? So in Canada, yeah, we have um, 
you know, provinces, just like you have in, in the U.S., you've got your states, and all of them have their own internal provincial governments, but also, you know, we've got um, our federal government that makes some recommendations. So um, picture like North Dakota and then drive up for three hours and then you're, me you're with me. So we're in the very center of things. Our population is not as massive as the very East Coast or the very West Coast, but we were very, our government shut down very quickly all sorts of, well, essentially all industry everywhere. Like yeah. uh, the schools were closed in, in the very early parts of March. They were very aggressive in shutting things down, which is excellent for the virus. Uh, we don't have a ton of cases. Everybody, you know, who has gotten sick is mostly recovering. We haven't had a lot of fatalities. We just started reopening our economy a week and a half ago. Okay. So when the shutdown happened, uh, we are lucky that we do have an online store that we started back in, I think it was 2002. Very simple online store. It has evolved <laughs> a lot over the years. Um, and it's at the point where, because we know, I know that all cities are like this, you know, but Winnipeg, we're special. Um, our city has two rivers that intersect. So it, it kind of uh, cuts our city into quarters. And I like to think that, you know, Winnipeggers are a little bit like vampires. We can't cross water. Otherwise, like we turn into dust. Um, <laughs> people never want to cross a river to get out of their neighborhood for anything. Like even to go to a hospital, they're like, no, it's on the other side of a river, seven minutes away. Um, driving so is really big. I know, right? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous when you travel to any place that has a population. Because we've got like about 1.2 million people, kind of plus or minus. When you've got a population that's big, like, you know, most of the people who listen to your podcast, it sounds ridiculous that if we can cross our city at, say, 12 noon on a Thursday, we can get from one end to the other end in 40 minutes. Yeah, it's not good. that, right? I think it's freaking yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Um, uh, whenever I go to big cities, I love to, I love to visit, but uh, I, I could not handle a commute because my commute to work, <laughs> my commute to work is 10 minutes by car or 30 minutes by bicycle. Like it is not oh, a big yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, now don't get me wrong. Our winters are like minus 30. So there's no bicycling there. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's really, <laughs> we're super, super lucky. So our online store evolved because we know that our particular demographic of client to support their chemical and aftermarket parts needs would be easy to lose to defection to a, another professional or a box store right. if we are any more than a 15 minute drive away. Okay. And you so, guys just have the one location? Yep. Just one. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've evolved, you know, like since the early 90s when I was there. So now we have a summer staff of almost 200 people, uh, a full-time staff of about 50. Um, so we've grown a lot. Yeah, um, you should have seen, you sh I wish you could have seen my face when you said that, because I was like, wait, what? That's <laughs> what? Diet. <laughs> are, are you yeah. serious right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we're very lucky that we've put a lot of focus on growth and a lot of focus on um, supporting our existing customers. And we don't, so in the Winnipeg market, there really is only four big companies and we're all fighting for first, although I like to say we're the best. Um, <laughs> most years we are, you know, kind of number one or number two. We put a real, we, we don't advertise a third as much as any of the other companies do. 
because we are really so customer focused, that their experience is paramount, that tell your friends, we have a really strong referral program, that really helps. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're constantly actively promoting, look, did I make you happy today? Excellent. And if I ever make you unhappy, tell me, and I'm going to fix it. But if you have, you know, any, when you're talking to the people at work about how amazing your hot tub is, you just make sure that you know where they got it from. And it's amazing how you can create such amazing cheerleaders just by, you know, giving a genuine, caring experience to your customers. So we're very, very lucky that we don't have to spend as much in advertising as other people do, because that does translate into growth and it does translate into dollars. So we got our online store, started evolving our online store, just because we were hyper aware of defection because our particular clients will not drive to to get product. So we wanted to make sure that we were as convenient as possible. I don't think that's particularly unique, probably. I mean, yeah. I think that's why in some of these bigger markets, people have, you know, five, six, seven locations because they know that, I mean, you may you may go in and out and have a long commute to your work, but like once you're home, you're not leaving that like, you know, five mile radius. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or, whatever, like or whatever it might be. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not so, going to eat out. You're not going to shop. You're going to, yeah. on a regular basis, anywhere that's beyond kind of that like 10 minute drive from where you're at, because it's just not, it's just, you just don't have time. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. It's like, it's a miracle that I put on pants. Like once I get home, I'm kind of like, no, I don't want to go out anywhere. And I think my innate laziness, you know, and, and maybe, you know, my, my Malbec problem um, <laughs> really did help to inspire helping our customers feel comfortable with purchasing from us online as a slow evolution, a very slow transition over yeah. the last 10 or 15 years. So when the crisis happened, it was not that hard for us to clearly communicate to people, look, just because the store is physically closed does not mean you cannot have safe and happy, healthy water. This is our online store. I did a couple of videos to show like the 80 year old people where to click and how to get there. Like mm-hmm. uh, we, we stopped charging for delivery completely. Every order was free delivery. I was just like, forget it. You know what? Like our COVID gift to you is it would normally have been seven bucks. Well, you know what? Now it's free save your seven bucks and buy some extra shock or, you know, maybe save it for printer ink and paper for your kids homework now that you're homeschooling. (laughs) Um, So it was, it it was not that hard for us as a business, but we are very lucky that we were in a very good position to be able to support people that way. Yeah. What kind of infrastructure do you have to support your online store? Because I think, like you said, you had, you know, a 10 or 15 year head start on some people to have this up and running. And so, you know, I imagine that it's really just for you guys, it was just like, let's plug in some people who would normally be doing this. Now they can help this person on, with the online part. But yeah, for people who didn't have a very big online presence or didn't have any kind of online store, that's probably, that's, it's been a crunch, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. Like I, there's, you know, friends I have in the industry that um, are just in the beginnings of the, their digital work and they were, they were just dying. Um, but the, I remember back when we would have a, a spring sale before we had our online store and we just did phone orders. 
There is nothing wrong with picking up a phone, grabbing an invoice, grabbing a pen and a calculator, write that stuff down, ship that stuff out, send your service guys. People who aren't working anyways are desperate for a paycheck. It can be a contact-free experience and you're still making friends, right? Um, it, it, it's trying to leverage your labor in the most creative ways possible. And when you, when you take away, if you look at all of the members of your team, write down their names, and don't put job titles beside anybody. Just look at the names with a fresh slate as if you've never met those people before. How many people do you have in your, you know, pardon the pun, pool of people to draw from? Um, <laughs> and everybody gets in the pool. It's anybody who works in this industry is incredibly intelligent. You have to be or you flame out super fast. Even seasonal people, there's so much pressure that we are under because we are doing a full year's worth of work in really 10 weeks. Right. So everybody that you you have on your team, everybody that you meet that's a part of I know our our group, they're all incredibly intelligent and and any other industry would be superstars. But because you're surrounded by the best of the best of the best, you might not think it until you look at look at who you have in your arsenal. They are also very talented. All they need is some direction and a little bit of passion. And so yeah, we just took people who you know, all of our hot tub salespeople who could not sell hot tubs because we couldn't do wet tests, well, they started helping with phone sales. And then once we were able to actually open up for wet testing, um, it was just a one-on-one -on -one appointment based kind of thing, right? So we had people in the warehouse picking in zones. I mean, I, I, we, we would have a, a cart that would go from one end of the warehouse to the other end of the warehouse and everybody was in their six foot zone. So you would have a pick list and you would pick your section, pass the card along, pick your section, pass the card along. Everybody's in their masks and their gloves and all of that kind of stuff. And it was cold in our warehouse when we were doing it. So the gloves were almost <laughs> a perk. Um, um, and, you know, so there was a whole bunch of pizza lunches uh, and, and, and a whole bunch of really loud music. And uh, nobody wore anything but sweatpants. <laughs> for eight weeks um and it was it was pretty fabulous so like we again we've just started to to be opening up again and there's new rules now that we're going to be following for an undetermined amount of time and maybe forever right. yeah um, the cost of doing business i'm again we're we're so very lucky that we have the opportunity and the ability to be able to create a safe store for our customers and our staff you know we we were we put up some shields at the cash desk and at the water lab. Our service team, our scheduling folks, they work on a separate floor. So when it comes to, you know, working with a customer, can just verbally do it from, you know, a safe distance away. Today was a difficult day at the office because we uh, finally had like one really nice day and we had to limit people coming into the building one at a time. And so it was our first really long lineup on the outside of the building. Yeah. We felt really bad about the whole thing. But we have to remember that, you know, these are people who've just gone through waiting for four hours at Costco to buy toilet paper, waiting right. for 20 minutes to get the beautiful things that they need for their pool and their hot tub and to get their water tested or to, to get some parts to get the pool going. It's not a big deal for them anymore. That had to have been a kind of a long, stressful day for you guys then. Yeah, it, it was it, it was our first day of really feeling like we let people down. But upon reflection, we actually did very well because nobody left, uh, nobody left upset and nobody left empty handed. So it was it's still going to be, though, an interesting and complicated three or four more weeks. I think people will give 
most businesses a grace period to kind of figure things out. You know, I think they understand that this is this is a whole new world for for them and for you. And I think they'll they'll let you work out some quirks for a while, but then there will be a point where um, they'll expect you to have it figured out. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I, I I always just want to be the first person to get it all figured out, and I want to make it perfect all the time. You know, it's, oh, it's I understand. <laughs> I imagine that you do. I have heard you talk. I have had so many questions come up as you have talked through this. Um, <laughs> so were you guys able to retain all of your staff then during all of when you were closed? Did you have to lay off or furlough any people? Actually, <laughs> funny story. I had a hard time having enough staff. Um, okay. So our government had uh, some opportunities to to help subsidize people's wages who couldn't work during COVID. Many of our seasonal or semi-seasonal staff technically do qualify for that government subsidy. Um, And that government subsidy is a higher dollar value per month than would be their normal rate of pay. But they're going to stay home and be right. safe and get paid more money. <laughs> right. So, 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 um, it was it was a wonderful problem to have. You know, needing more people than we physically had. All of our full time people. Yet yeah, we all just you know, buckled in and got to work. Many okay. of our seasonal staff came back early because their school was over earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. So universities had shut down um, about four weeks earlier than anticipated. So all of them came back, and you know, university kids are starving. They need beer. So. <laughs> I have money for beer. It's fine. Um, but, th- but there was, you know, a, a few folks that had elected to go the other route. So it was actually a prime opportunity to take me out of my comfort zone and do my spring seasonal hiring more assertively and way earlier than I normally would have. Interesting. So the perk to that now that, it, you know, we're starting to get into actual pool season and actually a store that's open is some of those people who would have just been starting work now and struggling through induction have a vast wealth of product experience because they've been dusting it and packing it and reading that label and hearing me squawk about it. What does that box of smart shop do? (laughs) Tell me, tell me while you wrap it, tell me what it does. They're at such uh, an advantage. And so if they're at an advantage, so am I. And so are our customers. A bit of those um, silver lining related things that I, I never could have predicted that having to feel the pressure to hire people earlier and bring them in before I ever could have thought was possible and get them to do something that I don't think would have applied to their actual position now it was such a huge benefit. It sounds like you guys were really busy. So I'm assuming that that means your online sales jumped during this time that people were ordering online, calling in orders or doing whatever they needed to do to say, hey, I need my I need my products to keep my hot tub running. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it was it was a fantastic and wonderful thing. And now I'm actually, you know, cautiously optimistic that maybe it has changed some buying patterns, you know, that more people who had not thought of buying online may have found how easy and convenient it was. Because again, if I can do something without putting on pants, it's going to be a thing. I'm yeah, okay. Um, like I can, I can order my hot tub chemicals from my hot tub. Shut the front door. Like, hello. <laughs> 24 hours later, it's on my steps. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, because that's, because if they're like me, 
the only time you're going to think about ordering your hot tub chemicals is when you are sitting in your hot tub. And the next time you will think about ordering your hot tub chemicals is when you are wanting to get in your hot tub and realizing that you can't because you forgot to get your chemicals. So <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, as, as unique and amazing as you are, you're not alone. You know, no. that is how, that is how most of us work. And with our brains and our energy being so focused on all the other important things yes. just to get through a day right now. Yes, exactly. The very least that we can do is support people in the way that they need. And if that is just from ordering your chemicals with four clicks and not having to worry about it, it's amazing. It's kind of the only way I get anything done these days. And it's, and you sort of, part of you feels a little bit like a failure to have to say that. Like if I don't order something on my phone, the moment I think about it, it doesn't happen. But you know what? This is, this is kind of where we're all at right now. I was thinking today about how tired I am for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's for good reason. <laughs> well, but you know, you, you sort of feel like, well, I'm just at home and I'm not doing this now and I'm not doing that now. I don't know why my baby's sleeping through the night. Why am I so tired? And it's like, it's because you have this whole new level of, of stress and all these new things that you're thinking about and dealing with that that you're just not used to and so you kind of have to remind yourself of that that it's like yes you're at home and you know I'm talking to you from my bed but (laughs) you know that doesn't mean that your brain hasn't been working in overdrive and so I think anything that we can do as an industry right now to help our customers get through that not just by providing them with these wonderful products that will help relieve that stress but helping them care for them and get the things that they need to take care of them with as little trouble and effort as possible, I think is going to be a big benefit for everybody. Absolutely. We have one client in particular um, that uh, I have known him for three wives. So he's on wife three. Um, (laughs) And when he introduced me to the newest one, he said, this is Kathy. She's my pool lady. And she is the least amount of work of any woman I've ever had in my life. (laughs) She is the least demanding relationship that I've had in the last 20 years. And that's incredibly complimentary. Um, Granted, not a good way for me to be friends with the new wife. But (laughs) absolutely, the, the kindest thing that somebody can say to me is, there is zero work involved on my end by being in a business relationship with you. Thank you for making my life easy. I want to be the zero maintenance girl that every man loves and every woman for that matter. I I want to be your everything for nothing. And it's not that hard to do with a little bit of preparation and focus, but very difficult to catch up now if you're not lucky enough to have some of that infrastructure. But granted, like when the internet crashes, which sometimes it does, we were just doing phone orders like the old days, writing it up on an invoice. There is nothing wrong with writing it up on an invoice. Years and years and years ago, like this is probably, I'm going to say 1996 or 1997, because I'd only been working there for a couple of years. We did a water testing program to try to have some of those people on the other side of the river drive all the way to come see us. Um, I walked up and down the streets, and this is before Google uh, Google Earth, where you could like see who's who had a pool in what yard and just target sure. people with pools. I went door to door, up and down streets in one of the more well-to-do areas of our city, leaving envelopes with business cards, water testing bottles, and coupons in every single mailbox. Wow. 
just to try to, you know, drum up some new business, get some more people, you know, to realize who we were and that really, you know, I had a little map on the printed documentation that said that we are only a 17 minutes from your door to our door. Please come see us. We're absolutely going to start doing a new version of that for water testing this year, where we're going to mail out our existing customers, very tiny water sample bottles. Um, supplier partners right now during this time are just invaluable. Like whomever your supplier partners are, this is the time for both of you to make it win-win. We are a, a BioGuard dealer as well as a Dazzle dealer. So the team at Backyard Brands, who's the parent company of Dazzle, came up with these teeny tiny water sample jars. Uh, they're about 50 milliliters. And when you put them in a standard size envelope, they go through the mail at regular postage rates. Oh, wow. That's great. It's amazing. So we are mailing to all of our customers a little, like this tiny little water sample bottle with postage prepaid, like return uh, postage and saying like, stay home, mail us a water sample. It's fine. It'll go through the mail. It'll be with us in a couple of days. We'll test it. We'll email your results. You know, your first online purchase, you're, you're going to get a $5 coupon, like a bounce back kind yeah. of thing very similar to what we did 20 years ago, just using the mail instead of, you know, my feet, because I'm yeah. a lady now, I gotta be careful. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts of creative ways that you, you don't need an online store for, you know, like you could certainly do that mail out promotional offer thing, uh, and just do phone orders, um, use right. service people for deliveries, like, they yeah. are everywhere pay each service guy five bucks just to like, and part, make it part of their route, make it a service call. That's what we're doing is we're making it part of a service call. They, they get a work order just for delivery of the product. Interesting. And, and they're super happy to do it. Like, yeah. You know, you had mentioned that your delivery fee was now, was free now, but are you delivering through the mail or are you actually delivering the product physically? Good question. So it really depends on the product. So okay. there are certain products that we'll do uh, Canada Post. Um, we also will deliver with a, a local courier service for certain things. But sure. then there are those products that are high value products or products that we feel we might be able to add on and make a little more money. So because we sell swimming pools, solar blankets are, are, are just a commodity, right? Like they're the bread, milk, and eggs of owning a swimming pool. Everybody needs a solar cover in Canada to keep the heat in because it's minus temperatures at night and then plus sweat my pits off during the, in, the, in the morning. Um, it it bounces a lot at this time of year. Yeah, so, sure. um, so if somebody orders a solar blanket either online or by the phone, when we're doing the delivery and we will actually use a service technician. He will text from the driveway and say, I'm here to deliver your seller blanket for a hundred dollars. Do you want me just to attach it to the roller? You know, do you want me to cut it for you? And we've had 50% of the people that we've made that offer to have said, well, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's but great. we tried to sell them installation before when they bought the blanket, they didn't want to buy the installation, but it's a different thing when the technician is actually there and he's, he's on my driveway. I'd kind of be silly not to. I'm not going to go out there and do it. It's windy. It's cold. It's whatever. The spontaneous spending of money is seeming to be easier and easier for people to do. Maybe they feel that they have a little bit more of it because maybe that big trip that they had planned this summer got canceled or whatever it may be. As much as there's many people struggling who don't have jobs because of COVID kind of layoffs, people are still quite free with their income so long as they're investing it and it seems like just their their backyards. Honestly, that's where I've spent our money. 
Yeah. In the last couple of weeks, I've just looked around and been like, you know what? We're going to be stuck here this summer. By God, I am going to be comfortable. <laughs> and and why shouldn't you be? You know, right. like it's there are so many positives about the pandemic that we will reflect on in 20 years. But yeah. let's reflect on them in 20 minutes to really say, like, I actually deserve this lovely thing. I actually deserve a backyard that I can use. I actually deserve to stick my children outside and have them sleep the night because they're tired. Right. I deserve to have a nap. They can go play yeah. outside. Like <laughs> it's not like I'm I'm not concerned about our finances. You know, it's not like it's not like there aren't some question marks as far as, you know, what is this going to look like over the next, you know, 15 weeks. But at the same time, it's like it's just money. <laughs> right. But, but, but it's true. Like we can make more money later. We can't make more memories later. Like, that is a great way of looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a finite thing, you know? So something else that you mentioned that made me want to ask you some more questions about it. You talked about, um, so you weren't able to do wet tests when you guys were closed. So you weren't selling hot tubs. Actually, that's a bit of a lie. We were selling, we, we sold four hot tubs while we were closed. Okay. <laughs> Despite the fact that people couldn't actually even, you know, wet test them or, or buy them. They just so desperately wanted to have a, a spot in their backyard uh, that they just said, what's the one that you would buy? Please come and put it in. And can it be tomorrow? <laughs> okay. No, um, that's, that's good though. I mean, I mean, it just depends on where you're at. I mean, some places yeah. probably maybe wouldn't have let you deliver a hot tub, but other places would. So you guys were able to do that if you, if you wanted to, or if you had customers. Right. Who wanted to. Yeah. So okay. we had some significant regulations that we had to follow, of course. Sure. Um, so we couldn't actually do any quote unquote new construction. There had to be a hard flat surface that could support the weight of the hot tub there already. Um, okay. We carry a product called spa pads, which I'm sure, sure most of the people that you've talked to uh, use on a regular basis. I don't want to use the word loophole because I think that's a bit of a negative word, but it, it was definitely a completely compliant workaround right. uh, was the use of spa pads because it's technically not new construction. So we certainly were able to get those people into hot water. Our healthcare system is, is fairly great in that many times chiropractic care and alternative therapies are somewhat covered with certain people's health plans and health insurance. And some physiotherapists and chiropractic can actually give a prescription for hot water therapy. Oh, great. I, I know, right? Like we're super crazy lucky. So that's wonderful. Um, yeah. So because it, I passionately feel that hot water therapy does so many things for so many people and to deny someone of it is, it, it's a critical kind of wellness, that, that self-care that we need to do. So we were very lucky that um, our government regulations would allow us to support people in that way. So when you were able to open up for appointments, how did you guys handle that? I know I talked to some retailers who were a little nervous about doing by appointment only because just because they were afraid that they would have someone in the store and then who had made an appointment and then someone showed up who wanted to come in. And then you kind of are in this awkward situation where it's like, do I let you in? The door's locked. This person made right, an appointment. Right. They are expecting to be the only person in the store. And so they decided not to do it because they just didn't want to be in that awkward situation. Oh, honey, my life is, a, my whole life is an awkward situation. <laughs> if I was afraid of an awkward situation, <sighs> I would be staying in bed for Ever. Um, but, but, but really, like, to be serious, when we decided to do appointment only, and, and I'm going to be, you know, completely upfront, did I piss people off? For sure. 
Like I can, but it was less than I could count on one hand of people who did come into the parking lot that saw somebody enter the store. And when they arrived at the door expecting to come in, I had to explain to them, I'm very sorry, but for that, for your health and ours, this is a by appointment only thing, but Hey, I've got availability tomorrow with two. You sure. want to come back. Um, okay. So, so long as you give them an alternative, people are super happy. The only yeah. people that were kind of, you know, um, upset or uh, just, just disappointed is a better word, um, were people who were looking for a, a part that was uh, broken on an existing sure. component. And it was a desperate, but I need it now kind mm-hmm. of situation. And I did feel like I had, I was letting those people down. But would I have felt worse if, they might have been carrying something, brought it in, and one of my team had been working so very hard to help hundreds of people because we were fulfilling orders. And, and you know, like if one of them got sick, I would feel way worse. Mm-hmm. Or what happens if I yeah. had been carrying something and I had made that person sick while they're just getting an O-ring for a pump plug? It's, it's explaining passionately. P- people are way more understanding than we like to give them credit for, but we yeah. do. Customers are amazing people. But sometimes they're a little bit like a toddler. So, you know, like you can't just say, no, don't touch that. You have to say, no, don't touch that because it's hot and it'll hurt. Like once you, once you actually explain the why behind something, people are really, really kind and really yeah. understanding. They just don't realize it until you clearly explain it because they don't know. And why should they? Their job right. is to think of the million other things they have to do. Um, were we nervous though about opening for appointment only because we weren't a thousand percent comfortable about our safety protocols and about were we actually compliant to the letter of the law? Um, we we had phoned um, you know our minister of health multiple times to make sure that everything that we did um, made uh, their list of recommendations that we were compliant in every way. But you never know until somebody comes in and says no, this is wrong. You know, yeah. and it was a risk that we didn't take lightly, but we felt that we were doing our clients a disservice and ourselves if we didn't try our very best. We opened up for appointment only, I'm going to say probably a month ago, maybe a little okay. more than that, because it was about, okay. so we were appointment only for three weeks and we, and then we've been open for the week and a half. So it did require some thought and some some planning to make sure that we only had certain people in the building at certain certain times. Um, it did make some differences for phone orders. We had to, you know, route some phone numbers to people's houses, and and so working at home was a thing. You know, people were doing phone orders from their house. Um, it was it was a ton of work. Yeah, um, I bet it was to to be able to be open, but we were still making money we were still serving our customers and we were still getting new ones so it's i don't regret being that exhausted at all <laughs> <laughs> but catch yeah. me in two weeks it could be a different story yeah, yeah right i mean the season probably hasn't even really started yet and you're yeah. already like i'm exhausted <laughs> yeah exactly exactly here in our little town i went to pick something up and the guy literally locked the door in my face <laughs> I got out of my car and walked up and he just like walked up and locked the door. And I just, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. And then I sat down in my car and I was like, well, I guess I need to figure out like what my next move is. And I'm sitting in in the car and he came back out and 
asked me what I needed. And it wasn't until after he and I had had this whole conversation and he went back in and was getting what I needed that I realized that there were like about 15 signs on the front that said, please wait in your car and call us. But I didn't even, I didn't even read it. You know, I had my mask, I had on my gloves. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. And I was just going to go in and get what I needed. And he locked the door in my face and I was, and I had, I didn't know what to do. Apparently all I needed to do was open my eyes and read the signs in front of me, but I just, it did not compute. I mean, I just did not even look and I felt like an idiot. But I still got what I needed, and he was very kind, and he didn't make fun of me for not reading the signs. He didn't even mention it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, how stupid. (laughs) No, but all of us have COVID eyeballs, right? Like, all of us have COVID eyeballs because we're so focused on the things that we have to get done and that we have to do them in a certain way at a certain time. But everybody has different rules, and that's the thing that's so – that can be frustrating that I personally as a consumer feel and I never want our customers to feel, but I'm sure, you know, that people will feel that way is if every store had all the same rules, we would all understand it and we would know what to do and what to expect. But it's that it is the wild west out there that you can, you can do anything you want so long as you're making sure people are safe. Well, that's pretty freaking vague. Part of it is, you know, like what your personal comfort level is as the consumer. Part of it is your comfort level as as a staff member and as business owners. And there's no right answers and there's no wrong yeah. answers. But at least he was cool about the whole thing. That's really, really good. <laughs> like, we, after, he, after he locked the door in my face. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but it's hurtful too, though, right? Like every spring, because we don't see our customers for kind of like the six or eight months of Winnipeg winter, right? So every spring, I'm so used to... I do hugs, not handshakes. I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person. I think that handshakes are a bit of a male power move. I'm not into that kind of thing. I want to welcome you into my personal space with a hug. It is so hard to see the people that you've known for 10, 15, 20 years come into the store for their spring hug and me have to take a step backwards. You can physically see on their faces that they're hurt. Um, and I'm hurt by having to step back. Um, it's, we don't do it on purpose. It's so hard to try to maintain that physical distance that we have to when we have such intimate relationships with people. Um, and I never want it to be hurtful. But every time that somebody like locks the door in my face, I, I get hurt. Experience true spa convenience at the touch of a button. Strong Spa's fully automated DuraShield hardcover is another example of Strong's innovative engineering in a long line of industry firsts. Strong has taken the durability and strength of its hardcover and made the ease of use even simpler. Effortlessly open and close DuraShield with a simple turn of a key. Strong's DuraShield hardcover holds 1,000 plus pounds and comes with a limited lifetime guarantee. I've seen the automated hardcover in person and it was impressive. Be sure to check it out at the next industry trade show. Oh, how did your week end up? Well, so we're going into um, Victoria Day long weekend here, which is kind of the kickoff to swimming pool season. Oh, sure. So today was our first beautifully warm day and the first day of what we call a long weekend. So uh, it was a crazy day in the store today. It's so good. Like uh, oh, good. we sold two swim spas, three regular spas. The pool liner renovation team did good. Tons of heaters going on. So I'm preparing myself, psyching myself up for tomorrow. 
tomorrow is probably going to be one of the busiest days of the year. So oh. um, uh, I am <laughs> I am I, I am currently soaking my feet in in, in a tub of uh, salty Epsom salted spazazz aromatherapy um, <laughs> water. <laughs> Have you That's tried awesome. spazazz fragrances? Spazazz? I, so I. I'm I'm very familiar with them. I can't say that I have ever tried them myself, but I mean I I see them at all the trade shows and you know I know them and and all of that. So, <laughs> well, so if you ever meet any of them in person, please say like hello from Kathy in Winnipeg because we've been customers for I don't even know how long. But like they were in a different location when we first started buying their fragrances, and we buy from them direct. So to try to get them to Canada is a bit of a thing. So I only mm-hmm. normally do like one order a year and it's like massive. Um, <laughs> but I remember calling one time when we were first developing a relationship with them and uh, the fellow I talked to said, oh, I'll totally ship it today, but like the surf's up. So I'm going out and uh, like <laughs> when, when, when I'm done catching some waves, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get your order packed and shipped in. It'll be awesome. I was like, wow, are they a bunch of surfers? This is so cool. They That's must really crazy. know how to relax. Uh, so so, aren't, yeah. they, aren't they in Utah now though? Yeah, yeah. They, okay, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, wait, there's, I don't think there's an ocean by them anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've got their respiratory therapy going on because as much as it's for my toes and not my nose, it's minty. It's it's just mm-hmm. really really lovely. Yeah. How was your that week? Sounds, that sounds nice. I, you know, it was a, it was a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I feel like I feel like with the, everything that's going on, it just feels like every week is different in in a way you don't expect. And so every week has some new challenge that you're not quite like prepared for. And so it's just kind of this this emotional roller coaster of things are good, things are bad, things are good, things are bad. <laughs> <laughs> so because of uh, everything going on, do you have like an actual weekend anymore or do the bl- dishes uh, kind of blur together into various levels of interesting? Yeah, well, I do because my husband's still going to work. So, um, it, you know, at first it didn't feel that way. Um, but now we've, we've kind of fell into a good routine where my mom does school for our preschooler. The sitter comes over and watches the baby so I can get, you know, some hours of work in during the day and my, and my husband goes to work. So then when he is home, it feels like the actual weekend, you know? (laughs) Oh, see, that's so good though, that you have that kind of structure and a fantastic support system. Oh, you've got to be, yeah, I mean, you are not kidding. Like I really, I feel like. I feel like in some ways I can't complain because I did have things kind of set up where we were able to kind of, I mean, it took a few weeks, um, but we we have kind of been able to get into this routine that makes everyone feel a little more sane. I don't know if my my poor mother feels insane because, you know, she didn't exactly sign on to be a full-time childcare provider and, and preschool teacher, educator, but she is now. But, you know, I bet you, though, that during, like, this crazy time where it's so easy to get into, like, negative feelings and feelings of loneliness and feelings of, of uselessness, it's probably doing her as much good. And honestly, so because how old is the toddler? She's she's almost five. Okay, so she's going to remember parts of it. She's not going to remember oh, it absolutely. like yesterday, but there's going to be bits and pieces. And she's developing like the most amazing relationship with her Grammy. How cool is that? Well, and honestly, I mean, she's doing she does a way better job than I could even ever hope to do. I mean, she actually teaching is a gift for her, whereas it falls well off the charts of gifts for me. I am not good at it. I, you know, I do not have the patience. I'm terrible. 
<laughs> and so it actually works out great that it's something she's good at. You know, she, she plans little lessons and, you know, I feel like Aww. my daughter, I feel like my daughter's learned a lot more going to, you know, grandma school versus her regular preschool. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so, so that's, so, that's so cool. Yeah. And, yeah, it, and it's no, good it's... that you're able to still feel like you have a weekend. Um, yes. And then it's not just a blur of, never ending days with no light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, it, it does. It does help a lot. I think to kind of have that, like, you know, it's Friday night and I feel like I'm going to be able to relax tomorrow, you know, as such as it were, I think my husband has to go to work, but you know, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. <laughs> This is the part two of our conversation because we had our normal technical difficulties and it was the evening time and we were both tired and so we kind of called it. <laughs> and so now here I am talking to you on the Friday before, Friday evening, possibly before your uh, biggest day of the year. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me back and for struggling through the technical difficulties. It's one of those things that we all just like, we thrive on challenges in our particular industry. And like, I I think that it's those little hiccups that make us like so fluid in everything that we do. To me, it's just any other day. So I'm I'm so happy that you had me on again, you know, that it wasn't just so boring. You were like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to cut this. We're done. What would you rather deal with as far as technical issues go? Something to do with the a computer or something to do with somebody's water? Somebody's water. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Like on anything beyond when in doubt reboot, uh, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, but but give me like, you know, foam and a film. And uh, some funky smell, no problem. I can there I can handle go. all three in less than fifteen minutes, and we're the good. Witch, yeah. The witch of water, as it were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A little bit of magic, and we're finished. I have to say that while I was putting the baby down for bed tonight, I kept thinking because you know thinking about Winnipeg, and I'm like, man, have I ever been to Winnipeg? And I have not. But then I kept thinking about oh, let's let's go through all the places that I have been in Canada and see how close I've gotten to Winnipeg. Oh, awesome! <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. feel like. The closest I have been, so I grew up in North Dakota, and so we would go to um, Regina for uh, field trips when I was in elementary school, Um, which is, doesn't that sound crazy? Like you'd cross the border for a elementary school field trip. I mean, that's just, I feel like that would never happen anymore, but it was great then. (laughs) For sure. But you know, North Dakota, you're essentially my people, you know, like. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You're you're absolutely the closest state because like all it takes is like you can drive straight south from Winnipeg and you hit Grand Forks and Fargo. So, and we can make you an honorary Canadian. So Regina, obviously the Peace Gardens. When I was a kid, we went to Lake of the Woods, which is kind of close to Winnipeg. Oh, that's very close to Winnipeg. Then uh, Niagara Falls and, oh, this summer or this last, around this time last year, I went to Montreal. I went to Drummondville to go to the uh, Covana factory. Oh, so um, cool. Oh, it was awesome. And then Vancouver sort of, but it doesn't really count because it was mostly I was it was a really long layover. There's my there's my Canada excursions. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, I've hit I've hit quite a few of the of the provinces. Like, I think I should yeah. try to do all of them. Being Canadian, we always love to travel to the US because there's so many interesting and and cool things that you y'all have down there that we don't get right? <laughs> right um but then i think about it and go no no i wanted i want to go to every canadian province and territory at least once because there's so many different things to see it's like the states right like yeah every different state has a different kind of geography different kind of food different kind of climate different kind of people we have all sorts of different kinds of politics but also all sorts of different kinds of culture mixed in and we have our own identities 
but so many parts of the beautiful country that I live in are very northern. And when I work in an industry where the summertime, there are no vacations. Right. Like my version of vacation is cold beer um, and three <laughs> hours where my phone is off. Like that's vacation. Yeah. Um, us Canadians think we're pretty tough. Like we're part polar bear, but really there's no way that I'm going anywhere northern when it's winter. No. Like it, it's just too cold. Yeah, to you know, I didn't think about that, but it, yeah, for you, that's got to be really tough because when it's actually your time off where you can travel, it's freezing in the rest of the country yeah. and you would rather yeah. go to somewhere warm like Florida or <laughs> Turks exactly. and Caicos. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and to have the summer that I wasn't able to have at home, right? It's, it's a weird and interesting kind of uh, dichotomy that we live with. And, you know, sure. hopefully when my retirement years, I will be healthy enough to travel and enjoy it and maybe, you know, tick off a bunch of boxes. But honestly, I also do still want to go to like every state in the U.S., because there's right. so much to see. Since our conversation earlier this week, that's now on my bucket list is to hit all the provinces. <laughs> when we stopped off, we had been talking about making appointments and having people come to the showroom and how that had kind of all gone for you. I'm kind of curious if you think any of the things that you've had to implement during the coronavirus, if you think that they'll stay part of your business going forward. I mean, I know people are talking about social distancing and, and those kinds of things, maybe having to go on for a really long time. But are there things that you started doing that you're like, you know, this is this is a good idea. This is something that we should keep doing, whether the government tells us we have to or not. Yeah, that and that's a super good question. The the thing about the challenge of the pandemic that we're dealing with right now is it's taken us out of our comfort zones and helped us look at things in a different way. So certainly we're going to continue with contactless water testing and developing even more and exciting ways to be more convenient for water analysis for a client because water analysis really is the basis like the bread milk and eggs mm -hmm. of how we can make money and how we can stay connected with our customers because just because they bought a spa you know four or five years ago doesn't mean they don't need to upgrade or doesn't mean they don't have family who want one or that they need petty furniture or whatever that is the the things that keep them in contact with us is water analysis. So we have to continue fostering that relationship, but people are busy. I mean, you've got a young family, you completely understand exactly what's going on as, as do people in the industry, our time, like it's the one commodity that we can't get more of. So by offering things like a at home water testing app, product delivery service, uh, I'm trying really hard to get more, tailored and timed product delivery. I'm still trying to get my head around exactly how to get people on board with, you know, like the, those Dollar Shave Club guys who do sure. such a great job of every 30 days you get new razors, sign mm -hmm. up and don't worry about it because I got you, you know, yeah. or yeah. Um, it's so easy to do the same thing for so many of our water care programs, you know, yeah, um, like an but, auto ship kind of a thing. Exactly. Exactly. So we started doing it a little bit and the few people who are on it love it, but it's trying to change our culture and get our customers to really buy in to, you know, an every three month product delivery service. Do you feel like they, they think they just don't need them as often as, as they think you're telling them? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, th I think that's that, that's that's a lot of it, and that so many of our customers are of a certain age that they aren't 
they haven't done it with other things yet. Sure. If you do it with something simple like getting tea from your favorite place once a month, or maybe I need to talk more about the wine of the month club because they definitely <laughs> sign up for that. There you um, go. Maybe, that, you know, maybe don't tell them about my, uh, baby food delivery service that I just signed up for. <laughs> That's brilliant. Isn't that There's great? Such a thing? There is such a thing. And there are many that you can choose from little did I know, but yeah, it's the one thing where it's like, you know, the, we had all of our groceries and I thought, shoot, I forgot to get baby food and I'm too lazy to make baby food. <laughs> Not too lazy. You're too busy. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, it's, I was like, I'm surely someone can send this to me and you, of course they can. And you know, it's supposed to be organic and not have any of the preservatives that the store-bought stuff has. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> that's a great idea. Right? Yeah, it's pretty oh, exciting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to steal that and I'm going to start talking to people about it. You know, like, you know, like home delivery for baby food, like the they'll wine of the month. They'll, they'll look at you like you're crazy. I, I would stick with oh, the no. wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pick my spots, you know, I'll pick my there spots. You go. But I, I think that it, it's, it's just a matter of time become, before that becomes a thing. And, uh, you know, for our new sales parts of stuff, we were, um, we were doing a lot of, we tried doing phone meetings, but there's something that you lose the passion behind the product when you're just on the telephone. FaceTime is just a grossly underused anything. Oh my goodness. Like yeah. I can walk around the showroom on my phone and be like, hey, do you like this hot tub color? Hey, what about this set of patio furniture? How's this barbecue for you? By planting the seeds before somebody comes in, we can certainly really narrow down their choices and do most of the sales presentation. So really all they have to do is jump in it, make sure that it's wet and that they love it, and then get it delivered to their house. More and more people are going to buy something sight unseen or item untouched, and we're just going to get more and more comfortable with it. Our online pool renovation event, like that was cool. We're definitely oh, doing more of those. Interesting. We used to do like a, every spring, we would have, you know, new prospects for pool renovations come into the store and have like an evening of wine and cheese and education. And we would do the same thing for new owners uh, for pools and new owners for spas. You know, they would come in and we would teach them about chemistry and mm -hmm. water care and how to maintain your hot tub and all of these little things. We would do kind of like 10 or 15 home residences, so like 20 people or whatever, and three hours one night. And it, it took a lot of resources, both in time and money, to set it up and, you know, PowerPoint presentations and got to have the food and the snacks and all that kind of stuff. And so we decided to do a virtual one this year for pool renovations. So not only did we have over 100 addresses sign up, so that's 100 wow. pools represented, but whenever you have a, an in-person event, really you just prepare for about 60% of those people to actually show. Sure. More people sign up than actually show. But every single person who signed up attended at least 50% of the online presentation and it wow. was three hours long. So it was, uh, it was incredible. And so it cost, it cost nothing. Number one, other than yeah. time to set it up for the first time, we had three different members of our team talking during different points. And we were able to, you know, put PowerPoint presentations right into the online platform. We sold a ton of renovations. So I'm working on doing one for pool chemistry and we'll do another one for hot tub chemistry. And I think that's going to completely replace our in-person evenings because it costs like it costs nothing and yeah. you still get the same relationship 
you, you still get the same kind of education and engagement. So that's definitely something that we're going to keep doing. Do you get kind of a better lead source also? Because you have, Absolutely. like you said, you have kind of that, you have that address, you know, you know who it is, you know who showed up, you know how long they stayed, you've got their mm-hmm. information. I just imagine it'd be, it'd be really easy to follow up with those people versus when people come in, sure, they can write their name down, but maybe they won't. And maybe they don't want to do that because they don't want you to follow up. <laughs> Exactly. You know, yeah, like to, to, to get into the web meeting, you got to give me your email address. You got to give me your phone number. Yeah, I have to know your physical address. But just like you said, like it's it's so easy to follow up, and it's the solid, solid people. And if something comes up, it's like, oh man, I'm running behind. It's you don't maybe you're not going to get in the car and drive ten minutes to show up twenty minutes late, uh-huh. but you can you can hop on a Zoom call. And not feel like you're interrupting. You still get what you came for. You know, you don't feel like you've wasted your time or ruined your night or shown up late. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. (laughs) Exactly. And today's consumer definitely wants things that are convenient for them where they feel comfortable, right? And where do you feel more comfortable than like in your jam jams on your sofa? They're much more likely to give me their money when they're comfortable. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea. I'm glad it was. I'm glad you guys had good success with it. That's great to hear. I feel like people are experimenting with a lot of things right now, um, and some are more successful than others. And so it's it's nice to hear that you guys tried this and it worked, and you sold a lot of renovations, which is great too. <laughs> and that that's why your platform is so great because it helps people. We can all learn from each other so very much just because we're not able to speak to each other because we may have never met before. Mm-hmm. I get so many great ideas from all of your guests that you talk to. And it's it's just a great resource to be able to share more and talk more. Well, thank you. We've kind of talked around this, but I'm just going to ask you directly then, have, have sales been good during this kind of shutdown coronavirus time for you guys? And it sounds like business has been booming more or less. Yeah, it's it's not a politically correct thing to say that, you know, thanks, COVID. Um, right. But it, it's, it is a wonderful opportunity that we all have that we hopefully have ourselves in a position to take advantage of. The world is in a challenging state at the moment, and anything that we can do to help people get through it in a happier, healthier way, it's our obligation to, and it just so happens to help our business grow. So yes, we've been, this has the, been the busiest 90 days that we have ever had. That's crazy. I, and and yep. that's great. I mean, it's it makes me so happy to hear small businesses that are succeeding and thriving during this time because, you know, a lot of people aren't in that position and can't be in that position. And so, you know, you want to hear some of the success stories right now and, and some good news. <laughs> For sure. Like uh, all of my new hires this year were such stand up people because they came from industries that they were laid off from, you know, Mm -hmm. so like hospitality and restaurant, they are struggling so hard. And my heart is breaking for people who have given, have, have bled their business because the only people that really work harder, I think, than people in pool and spa retailing is uh, restaurateurs and farmers. Sure. You know, their commitments are, our commitments are big, but theirs are even bigger. And people in hospitality have been having a really hard time. People in the front lines, the the waitresses and the the kitchen staff. So as much as we're busy and hiring a bunch of new people, it's given me a really great base of amazing people to find because they had to leave their existing places where they were at. And hopefully I can help them to find something that's as good or maybe 
more fulfilling than what they were doing before until that business can rebuild itself because it's it's going to be a while I think I think so too you're right though what a great pool of people that we can now hire from because like you said they are hardworking. they're used to having you know strange hours they're used to being on their feet they're used to dealing dealing with people yes yes (laughs) in a really intimate way (laughs) absolutely like hospitality people they are people they come in Mm pre-trained for all of the stuff that's hardest all you have to do is teach them how to sell a hot tub or how to sell some you know, stabilized Korean granules, it is no different than saying, would, can I give you the dessert menu? You know, like um, in terms of adding to a basket of goods, nobody beats making a till slip bigger than somebody who was worked as a, a waiter or waitress. Like yeah. they're just so good. I would imagine they could probably make a better living working for you than, than most restaurants. I mean, some, that would not be the case, but around here, you know, you get paid minimum wage and you hope for hope enough people come in to get tips. <laughs> so. Right. And, and exactly. Yes. And, and you know what, honestly, so when, when I was in university, I was a waitress and, uh, the, the biggest perk for me, uh, was the hours mm-hmm. because I was used to working evenings every single weekend, every single holiday, yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas day, new year's day, I had zero, and at the time I was, you know, way younger. I didn't have a family to have to think about, but I, I had extended family, and I, I had a bunch of friends that I wanted to hang out with. But you know, girls got to make some money; she got to put gas in the tank. Yeah. So I was just so grateful to go from that industry to this one because the hours were better, and it was way easier work, and mm-hmm. and yeah, and and the money was better. Yeah. We have so much to offer, and they have so much to offer. Like win win or no deal, you know, and we both win how can we go wrong really? What do you think that the industry will look like as a whole when this is all over? I mean, I know we've talked about your sales being crazy. I know we talked earlier about just kind of how this whole backyard living thing is is exploding and probably will for a long time. I mean, what do you think are some of the changes industry-wide that we'll see? I think we're going to see that the mom and pop stores who are able to actually change on the fly are going to have a much stronger market share than some of those box stores that we've all been scared of for the last few years. Yeah. Um, because they they can't make those custom intimate experiences. They can't make people feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a bit of an advantage over some larger boxy kind of retailers or even chain water care stores, you know. Because we are small, we can make things special. So I think that we're we're going to be able to get back to maybe some of the confidence we had 10 or 15 years ago. I do think that online is definitely, there's a brick and mortar online balance. I don't think that either one is the sole thing to be. I think you have to be a little bit of everything for everybody. So that's going to be a little different because, you know, there are people who are just online retailers and there are people who are just brick and mortar stores. And I think that we do have to have a certain amount of both and just embrace the fact that we mm-hmm. we have to have both and that's okay. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a pretty good balance as far as you've got the online store, you've been doing the FaceTime and making appointments, but people are still kind of able to come in and touch and feel and sit and get in the water and you can still encourage that for the people who really desire to have that for such a large purchase. Right. Oh, exactly. And again, because of the the intimate, you know, one-on-one nature of not being a big conglomerate of things, mm-hmm. you know, you tell me what you want 
and I will get creative to make it happen safely for everybody so that you can be comfortable and so can we. We have the ability to you tell me what you want and I will just like we're, we're dream makers, yeah. you know, like that is something that we're able to do to everybody. Do you want to like, yeah. yeah. What is, you tell me your dream and we'll just make it happen. Yeah. You know, today I, I needed to pick up some more makeup I was out of. And normally it's something I would go and pick up at Sephora. But, you know, right. I had my daughter with me. I don't want to take her into the mall because she's going to touch everything. And, uh-huh. and so what did I do? I called a local store and I said, hey, I think you guys carry this brand. Do you have this product? They didn't, but they suggested something that was pretty much the same. And so I paid for it over the phone. I drove up. She walked it out to the car. I couldn't do that with Sephora. <laughs> And call them and say, hey, will you come out of the mall and bring me something that I've paid for over the phone? I mean, maybe they would would right now, but it would be really awkward. And I I wouldn't ask them to do that. But these people were, they were so excited. It was, it was great. And so, and I felt really happy that I was able to do that with a local business. And I bet I could do that for the next three years with them and they won't care. (laughs) And, and, And exactly. So I think the future of our industry is one of getting back to the basics of tailored customer experiences. It's not just the product. It's the whole experience of the shopping for whatever item they're looking for that we have to make both their experience when they get the product home fantastic, but also make the experience of purchasing fantastic. Yeah. And yet to, to do exactly, you know, what happened to you is perfect. That's, that's so cool. And I think that our industry, we've been able to be a little bit lazy when it comes to the online experience a little bit, just because our customers are typically older. And so they don't necessarily care as much about your online presence. I mean, they, they, they will look, but I don't think it's I don't think they put as much stock into it maybe as someone of a younger generation. And so but now they've been forced to do more things online and they're the ones who are at a higher risk of of contracting the coronavirus and being the most sick from it are the people who are you know bread and butter customers and so mm-hmm. they're probably more nervous about or should be I don't know if they are <laughs> about getting out of the house and so suddenly you know having a good online component that is easy for you know a baby boomer to navigate and feel comfortable with and I think is is going to be so important and we've been a little lazy because we didn't they those are our customers and they maybe didn't care as much but now no one has a choice even the people right. who would much rather come into the store and look you face to face are doing it on FaceTime now and we all have to get comfortable with it and figure it out and it's we don't have a choice anymore so if you were not doing these things before yeah, hopefully you figured them out really fast Right. Yeah. Cause, cause if you don't, you're missing potential. It's not that, you know, you're going to go to business and die starving it, but mm-hmm. it's going to be that there are opportunities lost. And the thing that, you know, that just gets under my skin a little bit when I go and hang out with other dealers and other places is everybody can choose how big they want their business to be and whatever your choice is, it's the correct choice for you. But if you are choosing to leave anything out on the table, maybe that might not be the very best choice, you know, it, especially mm-hmm. when it's something as easy as getting a different cell phone plan and learning how an app works right. or with our baby boomer customers in particular as well. Even when the Corona crisis is over, these people are getting older and some of them have mobility challenges. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to get sick. 
there's going to be times where you have one spouse who has to be the primary caregiver for another. And you better believe that they need that hot tub more than they've ever needed it before for those few minutes to kind of recharge their caregiver batteries. They're not going to be able to do the same in-store experience they had. And this particular time is teaching them that, hey, I can buy that online. I know that I used to just use the internet for research, like a book or a magazine, but now I realize that it actually is pretty easy to get this delivered to my house and I don't have to put on my parka and winter boots in you know minus whatever temperatures or that I can hang out with my grandkids instead of going shopping you know they can they can choose more things it, it's our customers are have learned that there's more than one way to do something and we have to embrace the fact that they've embraced it it's kind of forced us to take a good hard look in the mirror <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because, you know, if you're only as good as your best competitor, right? Like they always say that about sports, and I'm not a huge sporty person, but I like to watch them enough. And it's you will only fight as much as you have to to be better than the person that you're competing against today. Yeah. You're only as good as your best competition. And because all of us are kind of in the same boat, we're not competing against each other, but we're not not competing against each other. But if we're all equivalently chill about the whole thing, nobody's getting better. So this is making us be our best ourselves that we can. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think is important that you guys have had to deal with in the COVID crisis or things that you've seen or are seeing come out of it that we haven't touched on? The hugging people is not it is weird, you know. Right. So uh, yeah. it, so many people come out into the store and and are so uh, inclined to you know say hello in in that kind of way, and it's very difficult to try to change the culture of welcome to the store. Please stand on that red dot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's brought out deeper conversations instead of just a hi, my hot tub water is foamy. It's more like hey, my life is just really weird right now. Yeah. So you, you get to connect more. But uh, we've talked about so much stuff. And I'm sure there's I know. so many we things that come. I've left out on that table. Like, oh. there, there's got to be some crazy things. I've just <laughs> well, there's so many people talking about, can I get Corona for my hot tub water? I mean, we didn't talk at all about that. About oh, the, really? So you, do, yeah. so you do have people who have asked you about that. Because yeah. I, I feel like very quickly the CDC came out with a statement saying that properly treated recreational water is safe. The industry kind of took that and ran. And that I have not heard anyone say that they've actually heard that from consumers. So that is oh, very two or three people a day. Yeah, two really? or three people a day. It was way more when the crisis was first first out there, right? Sure. And people were relearning how to wash their hands and all of that kind of stuff. There was probably like <laughs> five or ten calls a day. And people who weren't even our customers. Interesting. You know, um, they knew they couldn't call Amazon because you know they're not going to know and and they they can't call Home Depot where they're getting their chlorine from. I need to yeah. talk to somebody who knows something about something. We were able to take a few of those conversations and turn them into opportunities, which was nice. But yeah, there's there's still two or three people a day who are reaching out either on our online chat or sending an email or a phone call saying uh, or and people saying, "Hey, I'm not going to open my pool this year," and I'm oh. like, "Whoa, what?" How are you not? Half the people who came into the store today were like, I'm so lucky I have a hot tub. I'm so lucky I have a pool. I'm spending my whole backyard. Like it, it, I'm so excited to not have to invite anybody over and to use all of these things that normally I feel too busy to use. I have no guilt. 
Like there's no guilt about staying home. And then the other half of the people are like, yeah, I can't get Corona. I'm not opening my pool. It's like, okay, hold the phone here. <laughs> like a conversation. I think that because like, just like you said, right, the CDC put out their thing and we don't talk about it because we don't want to bring up anything negative. We don't want to mm-hmm. put ideas in people's minds, but there's something to be said for being in front of something. And I'm, in Canada, we have this thing called the tallest poppy where nobody wants to be standing out and being fantastic. We all want to be the same height and nobody wants to. to um, so we, we tend to chop down tall poppies because we want everybody to be the same. Nobody should be above anybody else. But I think that in our industry all throughout North America, nobody wants to be the first person to stand out and say something bold. That's one thing about our culture that we could choose to change be bold, say what you're going to say, because it's valuable information, like stand from the rooftops and go, seriously, sanitizer is our bag. We were built for this. Corona, right. huh? hold my beer. Do you do you feel up to doing the uh, Spa Retailer 5? Sure, bring it on. All right. So do you remember the first hot tub sale that you ever made? It's been a while, probably. Oh. Do you remember? The, like, the, I the... do. Oh, see? Oh, <laughs> wow. It was the second year that I worked there. Uh, it was in the winter, and all of the salespeople had actually left for the day. Um, well, there was only one at the time. Um, so I was, I was in the store by myself. So I was everything. I was service, water testing, sales, because nobody came in in the wintertime after 4 o'clock, because in Winnipeg, it gets dark. Um, yeah, of course. And uh, so at the time, we only had six models of spa on the floor. Each of them had just the prices listed. And so this couple came in and they said they were looking for a hot tub. And so at the time, I was, I guess, 20. And they had to be, I'm going to say, mid 50s, early 60s, because they had grown children and they had some young grandchildren. And I said, well, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Like, I don't sell hot tubs. I can tell you all about water care and what to do after you get the hot tub. But, like, I'm not a salesperson. But what do you want to know? And I'll tell you what you want to know. So it was about 20, 30 minutes, I guess, that we just hung out. And I talked to them about it. And they said, well, what happens if we want to buy this? And it was like a green split spa with that marble kind of color, like, womp, mm. womp, wow. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they said, well, what happens if we want to buy it? I'm like, well, I can write up an invoice because I know what they look like because I file them all the time and I can take a deposit and I'll just give it to the owner and he can call you tomorrow. They were like, yeah, sure, let's do that. And so I just wrote up the paperwork and I put it on Glenn's desk and here's these people and They'd want it delivered on, you know, in this kind of time range. And, you know, just here's everything that you need. And you just finish up the sale. The next morning he came in and he saw the papers on his desk. And he's like, what's this? And I said, well, it's these people. They want to buy it. And he's like, well, they did buy it because they gave you a deposit. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a salesperson. And he's like, well, obviously you are. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're done now. It was super fun. And I still use that shtick to this day. Everything that I sell, look, I'm not a salesperson. I'm here. <laughs> And the minute that you say, I'm not a salesperson, you have them. You have them right there. Yeah, yeah. So it worked for me that long ago, and it's still to this day. It's my go-to line. How funny. it's true. Yeah, people have a preconception of what a salesperson is. I'm really just a kindergarten teacher who (laughs) teaches people about why they want this thing that they didn't know they wanted. (laughs) What was your first real job? 
Oh, so my first real job was working at Robin's Donuts. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a Dunkin' Donuts of Canada. Okay. Yeah, I was 15 and a half. That's the soonest that you can work in Canada. I was going to say, that, sounds, have... very, that sounds very young. <laughs> yes, well, and, but it, it's the half that matters. Uh, you have to get a work permit because uh, you're not supposed ah. to get a, an actual, like, you know, part-time job until you're 16. So you have to fill out this little form and it's, like, not a big deal. But I desperately wanted... So you can get your driver's license here when you're 16. And I desperately wanted to buy a car so that on my 16th birthday, I would get my license and have a car and be able to be independent. I have no idea why, because my parents are freaking fabulous people. Um, But I just, I'd always wanted to drive. I can't remember a time where I didn't want to drive. And it was just really important to me to have a license and a car on my 16th birthday. Did you do it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I, 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 so I worked Friday nights, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. I would go to Robbins after school on Friday and then I would work from, uh, four to 11 and then I would get up and I would work from seven till three on Saturday and seven till three on Sunday. I was schlepping coffee, essentially coffee and donuts. Funny story. So there was a super cute boy who worked in the back. He worked the midnight shift. He would be there all night making the donuts. So when I would come in at seven in the morning, uh, he'd been there all night. His name was Chris. His last name was Billcourt. No way. That is where I met my husband. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after a few months, started coming in earlier and earlier. So you know, instead of starting at like five to seven. I'd, I'd show up at 6.30. Uh-huh. Because I was too young to drink coffee, he'd make me hot chocolate. And I would just sort of sit there watching him work. To this day, if I smell deep fried anything and obsession for men cologne at the same time, it just turns me into a wild woman because that's what he smelled like with obsession just, for men and, and deep fried donuts. It takes you back. Yeah. What a great, a great story. Time. You guys were like high school sweethearts then. Yes. He's like four years older than me. So he okay. was, yeah, he was uh, in, in, in the big boy world by oh, then. Oh, sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, which also, yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Meow. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. What was the worst product or idea or maybe the biggest flop you've ever had in the store that you, that you decided to try? Oh, that's such a good one. I know. I I think we get the best answers for this question because, you know, people have tried the most. I mean, people will try anything and they're like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) Oh, good one. Yes. Can I answer that one last? Yeah. Let's get that one. I'll come back. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm about to ask you the opposite is what's the best, the biggest, the best idea or the biggest game changer that you've ever okay. made in the business. So it, they're, it, they're kind of in tandem. So for us, for sure, it's, uh, it's wet testing. So mm. wet testing a spa first. It used to be something that we would hesitantly offer, you know, like, oh, if you really want to come bring your suit. Yeah, fine, whatever. But the, the moment that we decided to actually renovate the store to the point where we had one of each model style so like our we carry Sundance spas so they've got you know three different models that are like 680 780 880 that all have different features to actually renovate the store to the point where there's like a little wet test area that's more intimate that's got some music that's got you know when you put aromatherapy in the fragrance lingers bringing out bottles of water making sure Mm -hmm. the towels are heated for when they get out so that they can really picture themselves there you can't 
not get their money when they're dripping on your floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> so making it almost part of almost every single, anybody who kind of gives you the eh face, it's just like, no, you got to get in. You, yeah. you gotta, you, you've test driven every car you've had. You've got to get in. So let's sick a time. It's an intimate space. I'm not watching you guys use the spa. Like our spa is your spa. Help yourself. But definitely the, the, the wet testing thing really helped. I like the thought about you guys um, when you remodeled your store that you really thought about that. Because I think I was in a hot tub retail store a couple summers ago that they had just remodeled. And they had made that wet test area like a spa. I mean, it was like yeah. the most luxurious experience to go in. I mean, if you didn't have a swimsuit, they had one. If you, you know that you didn't bring flip flops, they've got them. You know, you they've got their big fluffy towel for you. Like it was the most full service, luxurious. You know, come sit in our starlit room. I mean, it was just it was beautiful. And oh. I was the first time where I was like, oh, I would maybe actually do this because you know it does feel weird to be. It would be weird to be in your swimsuit in the middle of a, of a retail store, but it was right? really, but it was this really thought out, beautiful spot. And I've seen pictures of wet test rooms before, and I, mean, I know that they're a thing that people do, <laughs> but, but it's like, of course, like that just makes so much, I, I don't know why it didn't really click until this moment where it's like, of course you do it that way. So people will actually try it. Cause once they get in, like you said, their money is yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, here's my here's your towel, ma'am. Here's my money. As well as when we do educational events that are for people who bought a house that has a, so you bought a house that has a hot tub, bought a house oh, that has a pool. Great um, idea. I, I started doing them with a community kind of continuing education program, I guess is what you would call it best. Okay. So uh, it's like a, a community newsletter that goes out to different neighborhoods and they, they offer classes or courses in, you know, like how to paint, you know, or oh, okay. how to speak Spanish. Okay. And uh, so it's, it's super cheap courses and it's like a couple of hours, a couple of times for a couple of weeks. And so I, I got into that because it was a customer who said, you know, I really wish that there was something like that when I bought the house because it was too intimidating to come into the store. You know, like the first time you go to Starbucks and then you look at their sizes and go, I have no idea what a venti yes. actually is. And you feel yes. too stupid to ask. It took my husband I, probably five years to learn how to order at Starbucks. And I right. still, and I, and I and laugh because he would get it wrong so often and they would always give him the wrong drink. He just kept getting free drinks from Starbucks pretty much every time we went because he would order something and they would give it to him and it would be like, that's not what I wanted. And so they would have to make him a new one. And then we'd just have another free drink. <laughs> Maybe that was his shtick. Maybe I mean, it, like, it works. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just order wrong every time because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's super intimidating. Mm -hmm. And uh, Absolutely. so it was after a customer had said that to me that I was like, you know, if it's so scary, you come into us. Why don't we come to you? So reached out to this like continuing education community program. They said, yeah, we get people asking about that all the time. But nobody who actually works at a store wants to do it. I'm like. I just have to show up with a projector and a laptop and it's really yeah. just a, like, this is not a big deal. It, it was amazing how quickly that caught on. And when you, when you do something like that for people and they still paid for it, it wasn't even a free thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, You're right? like, I would do this for free every, all, all the time. <laughs> right, well, and I do, right? Like yeah, exactly. you come into the store, you get the full package for nothing. Uh, so I think the first one I did was probably, oh, I'm going to say like 1995 or 1996 those people are still customers. That's pretty great retention. You know, I wish yeah, fellow retention yeah. rates were like that. 
Yeah. What is maybe a favorite book or television show, podcast? What are the, what are the things that you are reading or watching or consuming in your free time when you're not recording podcasts at the end of your, your already <laughs> long day? Remember when I told you this would take 20 minutes? Yes, I, I, <laughs> I know. Should have, but I, we should have known better. <laughs> and, and really... I should have warned you that I talk a lot. People who talk a lot are perfect for podcasts. So get no <laughs> complaints from me. So I, I really do love podcasts. And like I wasn't blowing smoke up your hiney like when we first met. And I, I told you that your podcast got me through um, a whole winter of being inspired. Because in the summer, I work a lot. And then in the winter, I actually put some investment back into my home. I spend so much time in the kitchen just like baking cooking, walking a dog. And so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, smart people podcast. If nobody listens or if anybody oh. wants to listen to that, it's really good. Um, it's just, it's different people from different industries and it doesn't give me as much inspiration as yours does, but a little. Um, and, and so I really like the smart people podcast. I listen to that a lot. Plus anything about murder. I really just oh, can't that's help my, anything that's my about house too. Anybody getting murdered, I'm all up into that. There's some really good Canadian true crime podcasts that I that Oh, I love. there's a so, bunch. Like some, yes, I, I mean, who who would have known that the CBC would become part of my like everyday <laughs> everyday life? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone knows something. Oh, it's uh, so good. It just so gets, good. it gets me obsessed like but the thing with me and and those serial kind of podcasts where it goes from like it follows one after the another after another. I don't know how I lived before binging was a thing. Right. Where you actually because, have to like, wait a whole week to, to, right? to the next, the next yeah. day. I, uh, like, yes. I don't know. I need to change hot tub culture. Like Netflix changed watching and listening culture. Cause I'm not good with surprises and I'm not good with waiting. Like in, in our house, like we celebrate Christmas when the presents get here it, because <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to open what I got you. I have zero patience in ter- like in terms of that you know yeah I'm not good at that how funny when I have a serialized podcast that I love or a serialized show I'm kind of like all in mm-hmm. so I, I have to wait for them to all be there and then I just listen one after another after another after yeah. another and I, I I really just uh I love to be outside um in Manitoba in the winter it's not fun but honestly and this isn't like a, a marketing thing. This isn't a Kathy from Aquatech thing. This is a, if you have never been outside with snowflakes on your nose and up to your chin in 104 degree, perfectly balanced spa water, you have not actually lived. It's pretty wonderful. It is because all of your neighbors, like the whole world is completely still. And I live right in the middle of the city. There is no sound other than the sounds of bubbles and of maybe your partner, if you're actually out there together talking. Your neighbors don't exist. All that's there is you and the sky and the freshest, cleanest air you have ever smelled. But you are so warm and so safe. Oh, hot tubbing in the winter is amazing. It's pretty great. Growing up in North Dakota, we had a hot tub. And honestly, we used it in the winter way more than we used it in the summer because in the summer, 
when the mosquitoes were terrible. And so it was uh-huh. almost impossible <laughs> to be out there. <laughs> yep, for but sure. In the, in the winter, it was it was wonderful. And we'd get out there with our friends and we'd r- race out into the snow and run around in the snow and then hop back in the hot tub and, and get warmed yeah. up and have all these little games and stuff. But you're right. I mean, it was a family tradition on Christmas Eve. We would all, we'd all get in the hot tub after we opened presents and you know, sit out there for a while drinking our sparkling cider. <laughs> oh, isn't that just a magical memory? That is yeah, it was awesome. Great. It was, it was yeah. really, it was really fun. But yes, I'm with you. There is no better time to hot tub than when there's fresh snow on the ground. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well, Kathy, it has been a true pleasure having you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was great to get to to meet you. Um, you are just so fun to talk to. Thank you so much for your time and taking time out of your beautiful family just to hang out with me for a little bit. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is this has been great. Good luck tomorrow. I hope it is. Uh, I hope it's as busy as you hope it is. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm sure it's going to be. Yes. Yeah, so just uh, my wish my feet luck and uh, maybe my voice too, because I do always lose my voice every May long weekend. podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com.